Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Electric Leftovers. My name is Jason. This is episode 384, uh, episode 20 of this very season of the show. I don't know why we call it seasons, but I have been. So we're not going to stop now. Hell no. Welcome to the show. Hope you're having a good week so far this week. Um, uh, For you guys, it's almost over. For me, it's just beginning. Amazing. Uh, this week, we are going to read some reviews of Dragon Quest V. We're going to get into the archives and check out Dragon Quest VI. we got some odd news. And I want to take a moment to uh, direct your attention over to the Jason's Groove Machine channel on YouTube, uh, where we've got some new Chrono Cross happening, a part of our Monday night streams. Good old Chrono Cross. And we've got some Mega Man X Command Mission also happening right now. It's amazing. It's incredible. It's all the things that uh, I think you could ever really hope for. As long as you keep your expectations low. We are big believers here at Electric Leftovers Incorporated. <clears throat> Company Limited. Conglomerate. Uh, of under-promising and under-delivering. We don't want to throw anybody any curveballs here. You know, put out quality product. Aha, <laughs> no. Dragon Quest VI is the last of the, of the Zenithian Trilogy, which is released in English for the first time. In Dragon Quest VI, you take the role of an unnamed hero who is just a normal boy from a remote village. He awakens one day and finds himself in another world, the Dream World. Traveling between reality and dreams, he meets up with other heroes who will join him on his quest to defeat Murdaugh. 
Dragon Quest VI, along with five, is many people's favorite as the ability to travel between different worlds adds a lot to the game, making it a very lengthy adventure. There are also over 10 recruitable party members and a full-fledged class system. Well, as full-fledged as Dragon Quest gets with it. Pardon me, I'm ripping CDs while we do this. Because, uh... I need the space. Anyway, uh, not a very professional back of the box for this Dragon Quest VI, a role-playing game for the Super Nintendo, developed by Arte Piazza, published by Nintendo, released in 1995. Um, available on the Super Nintendo and the PlayStation? DS, maybe? A couple of different things? I don't know for sure. I played the Super Nintendo version because I'm old school like that. Um, <clears throat> Ragnats is back with me on this one. We had a, a fun time with this one. There's some, um, there's some, uh, there's some things in this, um, translation that really just make it feel like we don't know what to do. We'll just put a thing in. Uh, this is a good game, though. I, I enjoy this game almost as much as five. I think five is a little more interesting. This problem, it talks about the dream world in this. And the problem with that became we found a thing and it kind of works, so let's let's run it headfirst into the ground until it can't feel its legs anymore. Dragon Quest really starts doing that with 6 and 7. I don't blame 6 for it. I blame 7 for it. We'll get into that next week. But I can, I can tell you that 6 is a lot of fun, and I, I think you'd enjoy giving it a watch. Sammy Com. Your music takes me to a wonderful world of whimsy. A world where I start wondering is this all there is to my life? <clears throat> Let's take a look. Joy Cookies! Bectionary. Hold on. Hold on, hold on. That's, that's a thing. Joy Cookies is a thing. Is that from this game? Quick, we have to go look. Come with me, friend.
Joy Cookies. Episode 4 of my Let's Play is entitled Joy Cookies. And uh, Bectionary titled their full review, Joy Cookies. What a great game. Uh, Dragon Quest V available on the DS, PlayStation 2, Super Nintendo, and iOS. Um, so we're just going to look at the Super Nintendo ones. Xylo the Wolf also opens up with the Joy Cookies. This game really surprised me. He gave it a detailed review. I know it's against the rules, but it's, uh, it's Silo. Psycho Swordsman, not to be confused with Psycho Penguin. He's here. Um, any other returning candidates tackle the Super Nintendo version? No. Well, this is, this is embarrassing because there aren't any... Look, if it's a game I like, I try and read the low reviews. Uh, you know, I'll do a good one, a mid, and a low. If it's a game I hate, I'll try and do the same kind of thing. There's no low reviews. In our quick reviews, where we usually pull, the lowest score is an 8. In the full reviews, it's a 7. And in the details, it's also... Detailed, excuse me, it's also a 7. So... Uh... Hell. <clears throat> we'll do this one. We're only gonna do two because they're gonna be a little longer. Oh, Xylo, you are you are a trove of, of wonder. Starting with Princess Elena in 2000, says great fun, but not the best DQ. Uh, looks like they did the PlayStation 2 version. I don't know why, because it says they did the Super Nintendo version here. We'll see. For Dragon Quest fans, this was the first blow to hit us in a long line of being forced to play Japanese-only versions. My opinions of the Dragon Quests have always, I mean all ways, grown. Part 2 is better than Part 1, Part 3 is better than Part 2, Part 4 is better than 3. This has been debated, but there are improvements. And Part 6 was better than 4, although Part 4 is still my personal favorite. I finally imported DQ5, www.ebay.com, and tried it. It was fun, but flawed. For any non-DQ fan, I suggest skipping it and playing 3, 4, 6, or DQ monsters. This is the first DQ to not surpass a previous version. Well, we've got problems already. If you think 2 was better than 1? Look, 2 did add things. But it didn't make it better. Dragon Quest II is terrible. It is arguably, I feel, the worst of the Dragon Quest games. And and the game we're going to look at next week uh, in the archive section, not the review section, is a pretty strong front runner for that. Anyway, <clears throat> uh, Princess here has split up her review into good and bad. So here is good. DQ5 has a great story, and the choice to select your wife later on is a nice touch, although most people take the same person. The twists in Who is the Legendary Hero is new for any RPG. Didn't capitalize the G. I have seen. It is really nice. For some reason, this one and part two feel different to me. However, this isn't all that bad, because DQ5 and two were so fun to play. What? Part, do you mean Dragon Quest 2, not Part 2? Uh, this is one of the more fun DQs. It's a matter of opinion if you like it, but the battle system has reverted back to DQ1 style. It's still X versus X players, but now has a small window open up on the train with a picture in the background. If you like the DQ1 battle window better than the other full screen black window, I am sorry. Although it does seem like an upgrade to me. What? Uh, help. Help me. 
It reverted, but it's an upgrade. I don't remember it being like that. Hold on. Hold on. Go back over here. Reopen last closed tab. That's crazy talk. Why don't you do such a thing? Dragon Quest V. We're gonna pick that one. I'm sure there's a battle in this somewhere. There's a battle. Okay, so what happens? Yeah, you run into a battle, the screen flashes, the battle music starts, and then a window pops up in the middle of the screen. So the world map is still on the top and bottom. The window with the enemies is in the middle. It's the same thing. It's just not a black background. Which I think is good, because that is boring. Anyway, that that's all they had for good. Has a great story. You can pick your wife. There's a twist. Um... They say, for some reason, this Dragon Quest V and Part 2, I'm assuming Dragon Quest 2, feel different. Probably because they're very different games. They still said 2 is fun to play. I don't... It's terrible. It's one of the more fun ones, but you just said above that it wasn't. Anyway, let's get to the bad. Let's get to the bad. The graphics are no different from DQ4. In fact, I don't see any upgrading graphics from DQ4. This is not that this is not that bad, but DQ5 is on a 16B Super Nintendo. While DQ4 was on the 8B NES. It, it's but it looks it looks vastly different. It really does. Go go take a minute. Look at a screenshot, DQ4 and then DQ5. Okay. Enjoyed the days of four party members? Sorry to tell you this then, but in DQ5 you only have three at a time. Many people claim DQ was just cave, castle, cave, etc. I always found this rubbish until I played part 5. Did you not play the first game, or the second game, or the third game? I mean, they are. They are exactly that. Now that you know the good and the bad in general, below are the specifics, in my opinion, of DQ5. <clears throat> Graphics 6 out of 10. I am sorry, but the enemies are kinda useless and unoriginal, and the graphics are no better than a NES game. Although some enemies make a comeback, like the DQ1 Ghosts, DQ2 Big Mouse, and DQ3 Executioners, which is fun to see. Um, what do you mean the enemies are useless and unoriginal? Every enemy in Dragon Quest is unoriginal. They don't change a damn thing. Like they introduce like two new things a game, but then they keep bringing back everything from previous games. That's what they do. And no, the graphics don't look the same. Sound 8 out of 10. The sound was the biggest improvement in the game, and although it gets repetitive easier than any other DQ music, it sets the mood perfectly. They yell a lot. Story 8 out of the 10. Although it is in Japanese, a good FAQ was made for the game. I read the story, and it is unlikely Hero vs. the Evil of previous DQ games. I will not spoil it, but it surrounds more the game hero and his family. There is talk of the legendary hero, but who is it? Question mark, period, 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 period. Guess again. So you, you didn't actually play the game. You played it 
in Japanese, but we're looking at a translated fact of the game? Okay. Play control, 8 out of 10. There's a bug in the equip menu, menu excuse me, that ticks me off. At times, the last equip just toggles on or off instead of closing the menu when you select it. Just equip the item and B button until the menu's all closed. That's not a bug. That's how it works. It keeps the equip active, but is kind of lame. What? But you equipped it. Do you not want to equip it? The actual play control is a standard digital NSEW directional game, but the game responds quickly to interrupts sent from the controller and even has the handy feature of a group heal command which uses a random mage heal, homey in Japan, spell to heal everyone until max. It is fun when building levels. I don't understand half of what I just read. That was one sentence. The fun of DQ shopping has become even better. Now you can actually see the AP, DP increase slash decrease before you buy an item. A must for non-Japanese people. Japanese people don't care about stats. Fun, five out of seven. Don't worry, they're going to explain this. I have compared this DQ to all the others. Hence, out of seven, DQ one plus six plus DQ monsters for GBC. I am ignoring the GBC and SNES remixes of parts one, two, and three since they are the same game. Heaven help me. The rank for fun in the DQ games, IMHO, is as follows. Period, 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 parenthesis. This doesn't mean the game is better. It means it has an easy to pick up and play attribute and parenthesis, no punctuation. They start, DQ4, best game ever! Several exclamation points. DQ6, DQ5, DQ2, parenthesis, fun but has a bug in which sometimes you get all the EXP but don't level up. Near the end, the princess always need to get the EXP needed for level up twice before she goes level up. DQ monsters, DQ3, parenthesis, way along to the levels, DQ1. Part 4 and 6 and Monsters are my favorites, but Monsters is too long to win the fun category. Although all DQ games are more fun than any other games. Smiley face, cough, Final Fantasy, cough. Wow, you're a terrible princess. Um, overall, 7 out of 10. This is the first DQ game that was not an upgrade from the previous one, but has a great story, if you can understand it, and it's really fun to play even if there are only 3 people. People always say you can collect monsters in part 5 like in part 4. Well, that is crap. In DQ4, there are only two monsters, Healy and Doran, that join you. In DQ5, as well as 6 in DQ monsters, foes will join you randomly at the end of the battle. There are about 40 in DQ5 that join you. Get a slime knot. I think that's supposed to be knight. They help a ton in the beginning of the game. This is not my favorite DQ game, but it's still a must for a DQ fan. It is worth the import, especially since the upgrade in shopping. It still has the DQ charm, but do not expect anything as good as 4 or 6. For non-DQ fans, this is not the game to start your DQ opinion on. As a final note, I think DQ5 has the coolest looking hero, P-Face. They leave their email and a rating of 7. Um, Princess, that was atrocious. Rife with punctuation and spelling errors. Um, my biggest issue with this review is that you think two is better than three. And one. Like, four, five, six, I get, you know. 
but claiming that they didn't upgrade anything is is ridiculous. Um, it just wow. Silo, help me out, buddy. Silo comes to us in the space year 2007 and says, I forgot to start the CD thing. Joy Cookies, this game really surprised me. Dragon Quest was the first RPG series that started the popular trend of Japanese RPG games. Even as such series as Final Fantasy turned out to be much more popular outside of Japan, the Dragon Quest series is still considered to be the most popular series in Japan. Even if this game never got an official English translation, it still remains one of the best-selling games on the system since it sold so well in Japan. If you are a fan of the Dragon Quest series or just want to play this game, then it shouldn't be too hard to find a way to get an English version thanks to the internet. Since it's nowadays possible to illegally download games on your computer, Dragon Quest V has, as far as I know, two different fan translations, and I've tried DJAP's translation. DJAP, uh translates games from Japanese. It de-Japans them, you might say. The first three games in the series all had the legendary knight of Erdrich in common, while the fourth game in the series had no connection at all to the legendary knight. Instead, there was a flying castle called Zenthia, which was controlled by a dragon master. Dragon Quest V is a sequel to Dragon Quest IV and takes place 500 years after Dragon Quest IV, which means that you will notice some things in this game that you could also find in Dragon Quest IV. However, if you haven't played Dragon Quest IV, you don't have to worry because the story is still easy to understand. Just like in every other Dragon Quest game, your first task in the game is to give the main character a good name. This was originally a feature to make the player feel like, uh, excuse me, to make the player feel that had created the main character. Sometimes I start reading Xylo and I instantly translate Xyloese into hopefully regular English. I'm going to try and not do that. In Dragon Quest 3 and 4, it was also possible to choose if the main character should be a male or female, but that is not possible in this game. While I think that the story wouldn't have been wouldn't have to be much altered if you could be a girl instead of a guy, I it could have turned out a little odd, period, comma. I think. Period. Most people prefer to have a male as the main character anyway. Uh-oh, Zylo, watch out. The story begins when our hero is six years old and is traveling through the world with his famous dad, the strong warrior and king of Gravania, Pappas. I don't want to spoil anything of the story, you just did, but after a few hours the hero will grow up and be 16 years old. Now he has to learn to take care of himself and to trust his friends. He will also find two lovely ladies who loves him, and he will marry one of them. Of course, the hero and his wife will have sex, so she gets pregnant, and they are blessed with two twins. One boy and one girl. Wouldn't that be one twins? Uh, anyway, after a few more hours in the game, the two children will be old enough to travel through the world with their father, and the main character will always be the same. I thought the two children would take over the role as the main characters and let the hero retire, but no, Enix didn't want that to happen. The story isn't really that deep, but it's full of unexpected events that should keep you entertained. It's clear that Enix wanted to make a story which shows how important the family really is. You have spoiled everything, Zylo. I appreciate it. Uh, another unique feature in the game is, the, is that not only can a bunch of humans join your party, but it is also possible, possible for 40 different monsters that you fight in any random battle to join you. After a battle, a monster can, if you are lucky, ask you if they can join your party. 
Uh, Monster works the same way as regular characters. Most of them can use both regular attacks and special skills. They can wear different equipment, and they can be and they can just like human characters gain levels. Remember that this game got released before Pokemon. Capture monsters will be very important at some points of the game, where they are the other kind of characters that can help the hero. As you might figure out on your own, the monsters that can join you late in the game is stronger than the monsters that joined you at the beginning of the game. Unless it's uh, Slime Knight Pierre. Slime Knight Pierre is hard to beat. Uh, the caravan from Dragon Quest IV is back, is thankfully back, so that means you can carry up to eight characters with you, but only three of the can fight in battle, and there are some places where you don't get to take the caravan with you. However, if you do have the caravan with you when you are in a battle, then it's possible to at any time to change the characters in your party, which means that it's important to have a good strategy in tough battles. It's usually a good idea to build up a few more characters than just the three characters that you will usually use. The battle system hasn't been updated that much since Dragon Quest IV. As I explained before, you still have the caravan, but otherwise the battles are about the same. The only difference is that there is now a background in every battle screen instead of just a black wall, which we know the princess seemed to hate. Your character will also no longer attack enemies that are already dead, even if it's still possible to select an AI strategy. You can now choose to, con choose to, to control all your characters, which is something that anyone would prefer over trusting your life to an AI. It's oddly poignant, Zylo. Thank you. However, one thing that might disappoint a few is that you still don't get to see your characters in the battle, but at least, but at least there are saw weapon animations every time someone hit an enemy. It was just S.A. That was it. Uh, Another great addition is that you can now use the X button to talk to people who are close to the main character and to search for hidden things instead of opening the menu and then select either talk or search that you had to do in the previous games. This also means that it's much easier to find the small metals which can be found everywhere in the game. <clears throat> Pardon me. You can collect some small metals and then trade them with the Metal King to get awesome equipment. Personally, I think that he has better equipment than what is supposed to actually be the real best equipment in the game, so it's wise to look everywhere for hidden metals. There are only a few bad things I can find in this game. First of all, the game starts really boring, since it seems that you are only in the first dungeons because Enix wants you to gain a few levels and doesn't give any good reasons, but the game gets better the more you play it. Uh, um, another thing is that some of the monster sprites are from the old Dragon Quest 2. Why didn't Enix ask Akira Toriyama to redesign all the monsters? It can be hard to figure out where to go at the ending of the game, but you have to search for places that you previously couldn't visit, and I wish there were some battle animations for your characters. Well, Akira Toriyama can't be asked uh, to redesign monsters because he, he, he can't. He's not creative enough for that. He has three characters. That's it. I don't think there's much more that I can say about this game. It's basically an awesome game if you are an RPG fan that can ignore the fact that you can't see your own characters in the battles. Almost everything about this game is unique, and it's one of the better games in the Dragon Quest series. Let's all hope that Square Enix will be kind enough to the rest of the world and release the DS remake of this game outside Japan. Xylo swinging in with a 9. And, uh, that's a pretty good review from Xylo. Looking at some of the others, uh, they make you—they make the king pay full price at the inn in his own castle. The ultimate gave it a nine. Traditional Dragon Quest done right, but what else does it do? Red Lobster gave it a seven. 
Dragon Quest's first 16-bit entry is good, but ultimately a bit disappointing. Celtic Forest gave it a 7. The Shining Star in the best era of gaming, says Sir Chris, who gave it a 10. Um, Bectionary gave it a 10. The Joy Cookies, what a great game. If you even remotely like RPGs, you should play this, which undoubtedly ranks amongst the best RPGs I've ever played. Very uh, brief title by Vinny Video, who gave it a 9. Words can't describe how awesome this game is, says Marmalade Boy, gave it a 10. Legendary, that's the perfect word to describe this game. Saint 35 gave it a 10. I really sass this hoopy game. Now here's a fruit that really knows where his towel is at, says S. Greenwell, who gave it an eight. Probably had a stroke. Um, I like this game. I've talked about that before. This is one of my favorite Dragon Quest games. Might have been my favorite uh, for a while, but then I played um, a couple others, and I started to um, to appreciate them a little more. Dragon Quest V, without a doubt, is in my top five. Probably top three. The music is good, the story's good, the graphics are good, the combat's good. Everything about this game is good. Um, if I had to give it a score, I think, I think I could give this one a nine. I think so. I think that's a fair, fair assessment.
That sound means it's news time, ladies and gentlemen. I've already been through the news and picked out our stories, but we're going to read the headlines anyway. Um, The world's largest hot pot restaurant occupies half a hill and can serve up to 5,800 people. That's my whole town. It's in China. Uh, America's smallest bank has just two employees and no transaction fees. Grandfather becomes makeup beauty blogger to save a young boy's life. Um, 22-year-old man marries his 48-year-old former teacher. That's in Malaysia. Thieves rent entire hotel, spend a month digging tunnel to oil pipeline. That's a short circuit two level stuff. Woman befriends boyfriend's mistress, accepts her as co-girlfriend. Teenage bully accused of forcefully tattooing his schoolmates in South Korea. And if that's a picture of the tattoo, he's better than some other professionals. And this is a story I heard about, I think on Twitter earlier today. IT worker on sick leave for 15 years sues company for not giving them a pay raise. And we're not going to read this one, but real quick, this guy worked for IBM. Um, I think he's based in the UK and medically retired quote-unquote, medical re- medically retired. So he's, he's retired. Has been since 2008. Didn't get a pay raise. But he hasn't worked for the company for 15 years. So he, he wanted to sue him. And the judge said, you are ridiculous. Get out of my court. <clears throat> Maybe not verbatim, but pretty close. Our first story about the bank. With just $3 million in assets, two employees, no ATM, no website, and no transaction fees, Kentland Federal Savings and Loan is the smallest bank in America, and it's been around for over 100 years. Now, you've most likely heard of America's banking giants, J.P. Morgan Chase, Morgan Stanley, Citigroup, Wells Fargo, and the Bank of America, but what about the smallest fish in the pond, so to speak? Well, at the opposite end, we have Cantlin Federal Savings and Loan, officially the smallest bank in the United States of America, founded back in 1920 by the great-grandfather of its current CEO. This tiny financial institution has only ever had one branch in Cantlin, Indiana, that has only offered three services, obtaining a home mortgage, opening a savings account, and opening a certificate of deposit. Quote, we're the only institution that didn't close during the stock exchange debacle in the late 1920s, CEO James A. Sammons told Bloomberg. People felt secure that their money wasn't going anywhere. This is the uh, wonderful life bank. But the banking climate in America has changed in the last century, so Kentland Federal Savings and Loan is like looking back in time. Both CEO Sammons and his part-time teller are technology-averse and prefer using mechanical devices like a traditional coding machine to write checks. It's one of the reasons that Sammons believes that his way of doing business might end with him. When I'm finished, whether it's regulators pressuring us to be absorbed or me walking away, we will have to be acquired, the 55-year-old CEO said. Another reason for the impending demise of Kentland Federal Savings and Loan is the small profit margins practiced by America's smallest bank. It has managed to beat the local competition with slightly better rates on savings accounts and mortgages, but this is the only source of income because the bank do not not have ATM fees, no wire fees, and no transaction fees of any kind. I think you meant to say because the bank does not have ATM fees, etc., etc. But you didn't say that. You said do not not. And not even a donut. 
like doe a deer, a female deer. Ray, drop of golden sun. <clears throat> Let's go to our short circuit two story. A gang of eight was recently apprehended just as they were about to reach their goal, an oil pipeline, after spending a whole month digging a secret tunnel to it from their hotel. South Korea's Yonhap News Agency recently reported the capture of eight criminals who had rented an entire hotel in Xiangyu, North Xiongxiang province and spent an entire month digging a secret underground tunnel from it to a nearby oil pipeline. Excuse me. The plan is believed to have been masterminded by a former employee of Korea's state-run pipeline operator Dehan Oil Pipeline Corporation or DOP. Uh, he had been previously fired for attempting to steal oil from another pipeline. They had rented a hotel near their target under the pretext of wanting to acquire it and spent most of their day digging using rudimentary tools in order to avoid attracting attention with loud noises. What would you do with the oil? I'm just going to ask that question now. It is believed that they had surveyed the hotel for a long time before approaching the owner and making him believe that they wanted to take over the business. They rented it at a monthly price of 4.5 million won and immediately closed down the building and started digging in the basement of the building, not another building. They only worked with shovels and pickaxes to keep the noise levels down, but eventually they approached their goal. In about a month, the eight criminals managed to dig about 10 meters and had come within 30 centimeters, that's a foot, of the oil pipeline. But just as they were starting to rejoice, the hotel was raided and everyone was arrested. The tunnel, while reinforced with wood, passed under a by-highway used by 66,000 vehicles daily, so authorities must now fill the tunnel while making sure not to damage the foundation of the edifice. The 9-meter tunnel measured 78 centimeters high and 81 centimeters wide from the basement of the hotel. The suspects confessed during the police investigation that they planned to sell the oil at two gas stations, but they never got their hands on them. Them being the oil, I guess. And was like, okay. You're you're a gas station. Let's put yourself in, in this situation. You're a gas station. And these eight guys, covered in dirt, they pull up and they've got oil barrels in the back of their truck. And they're like, We gotta sell this, man. You wanna you wanna we'll go ahead, we'll get you in cheap. You want some? Like, that doesn't sound like it happens. You know, it's not like door-to-door -door sandwich salesman. When you, you know, work in an office building, you get the people coming by with sandwiches. I don't think that's how oil works. I'm no OPEC, but I feel that's wrong. And finally, story near and dear to my heart. Woman befriends boyfriend's mistress, accepts her as co-girlfriend. Uh, a young Venezuelan woman recently went viral on social media after announcing that she had befriended her cheating boyfriend's lover and accepting to share him with her. Sofia Gutierrez, a young woman from La Cria, Venezuela, recently sparked controversy on Facebook after posting a photo of herself and another woman who she claims is her boyfriend's mistress and her, quote, friend. Gutierrez reportedly learned of her partner's infidelity by checking his WhatsApp messages, only instead of confronting him, she decided to contact his secret lover, and the two ended up becoming good friends. Sofisa, Sofisa? Sophia tagged the girl in the photo, a certain Sarahe Gill, and announced that she had gained all her affection by, quote, accepting my boyfriend as hers, and giving him the attention he needs when she is not able to. 
As you can imagine, the unusual post went viral almost instantly. Okay, hold on. There's a picture of the two girls. Like, right after that paragraph, there's a picture. It's a rather large picture, and their faces are, like, pixeled out. Their eyes. So you scroll down to read the rest of the story. Here's the picture not edited out in any way. Who is she? She is the lover of my boyfriend and my friend, so Sofia Gutierrez wrote. Wah! But Sofia, are you crazy? No, I'm not crazy. This woman has earned all my affection since she accepted my boyfriend as hers, since she understood her place and doesn't go out with him in public, since she loves him unconditionally. Unquote. Shall we send WhatsApp messages making him feel loved, and that is worth more than anything to me, because when I can't be there, she will be there, taking care of him and giving him all the love he deserves. I know that it is rare that the girlfriend and the Mosa... Uh, that is lover? Yeah. Uh, and the Mosa love each other, but my boyfriend will have more love than he had imagined. Thank you for being mature enough, and I promise I will never minimize the role you play in my boyfriend's life, the young woman continued. At the time of this writing, the viral Facebook post has over 2,600 reactions. Wow, that's not even really viral at all. And hundreds of comments on Facebook. And it has been picked up by major Latino news outlets. Most reactions either ask to know the luckiest boyfriend in the world or display their amusement with laughing emojis. There are also those who doubt that the post is anything more than a prank, but Gutierrez has yet to confirm that. <clears throat> Look, man, it's a thing. Polyamory is a thing. Uh, ethically non-monogamous? Other such wordings? thing. Let people be people, man. If they're happy, it don't matter. That's the news. All the news that's fit to mock. That's what we do here.
Ladies and gentlemen, that is going to do it for this week's edition of the old Electric Leftovers show. I hope you had a nice time listening to it, because I had a pretty nice time sitting here talking to you. I usually do. Sometimes, I'm not going to lie though, you guys are a little difficult to work with, and it may be time for a staff meeting. I will get Gordon Ramsay in here if I have to. You just watch. He's going to do a lot of this. And that's slapping the palm of one hand with the back of the other. And he's going to do this thing with his fingers. But because this is an audio medium, you can't see it. So why do I keep going on about it? Because I got nothing else. I'm just going to say thank you again. Hope you enjoyed the show. Please consider leaving us a like, a rating, a review, all them things. Uh, leave me a tip over at buymeacoffee.com slash electric left if you want. That'd be great. Um, you can find the show coming out every Thursday, same time, same place, on any podcast software of your choice. If you'd like to check out the videos for uh, Dragon Quest V, VI, Chrono Cross, or whatever else we've talked about here on the show, you can do so by finding me on YouTube at Jason's Groove Machine. You can join us Monday nights for the Chrono Cross streams. I am also at uh, Twitch at Jason's Groove Machine. That is 6 p.m. Mountain Time. And uh, find me on Twitter stubbornly clinging on oh we have a new twitter boss well if you guys heard um she she had an interview a couple weeks ago where she was interviewing elon musk and basically it went a lot like this so elon musk why is it that you are so wonderful and so talented and so smart and so attractive that's how the interview went it was basically that for like an hour. And uh, wouldn't you know, she's the new boss of Twitter now. Amazing. Well, I'm still hanging around, and dear Elon Musk, you you look like biscuit dough in a bag, and you're really not all that smart. Okay. Okay. Said what I needed to say. See you next week, folks.